I'm excited to announce that I have just become a spokesperson for Dating Positives, the dating platform that's catered to you for you to find love, sex, romance, friendship, and community at datingpositives.com. Thank you, everybody, for contributing to the podcast as you have, even if you just listen, um, if you send it to someone who may need to hear some of the content that we have on here, um, if you've rated, reviewed the podcast, thank you all so much for helping make this happen. I mean, it doesn't really change anything for you guys, I guess, except this gives me a lot more time to be able to do more on social media, get more involved, and put a little bit more effort and time into bringing more value to the podcast. So thank you all for contributing to the campaign that we ran back in November, calling into the, here we go, I'm going to try this again, 833-YES-LOVE line. (laughs) I struggle so hard with saying yes. But that call line again is 833-927-5683. So thanks everybody for calling in and leaving your messages, letting people know what you were looking for romantically for the holiday season there's a new question up and you can call that same exact number 833-YES-LOVE which is an 833-927-5683 and leave a voicemail response this time the question is going to be what is the most awkward conversation you've ever had about sex I was thinking about this and I'm going to take a little bit more time to think on it before I get back to you because I've had a few different conversations that have been awkward so stay tuned for that and I'll be sure to share that on an upcoming episode or even share that on the blog post as well um, on Waxo which is also a blog that provides more resources on sexual health and wellness and a lot of the latest on lifestyle and culture so please get those messages in continue to support our sponsor Dating Positives is supporting the podcast and I ask that you continue to support them as well so that we can continue to make this thing something great for you guys looking forward to hearing your responses again that number is 833-YES-LOVE and again leave a message that phone number is 833-927-5683 what's happening now I'm looking at looking at next year I'm looking at who who I can help you know who's really gonna latch on to these teachings and what I'm really going to stand for a lot more powerfully next year. This conversation is part of that. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. I'm teaching meditation in cool spots next year and doing cool retreats and just just doing it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. How long have you been doing what you do? You've been, uh, hold on. I'm trying to recall what it said. Self love. What? Mm -hmm. Coach, I would say a self-love coach, yeah. Okay. How do you teach that? Like, what is that exactly? I know what self-love is, but what yeah. does coaching self-love look like? So I really look at those habits around the mind, the body, and the soul. So I, I look at it three pieces of who we are, who we are as our self. Um, so really my tools that I use, I use movement, which you know if you take care of your body. I use movement, I use meditation, and then I use motivation. Um, those are kind of like what I what I really get deep with people on are their habits on how they're taking care of themselves. Like, so a lot of people aren't on their own team, and they that carries out into the entire rest of your life. So not being on your own team, meaning that you just don't, I guess another way I would word this is just that you really prioritize other things around you over your own personal self? Yeah, over your own well-being or you're choosing thoughts that are self-sabotaging. You're choosing foods that you know are self-sabotaging. You're choosing relationships that you know are self-sabotaging because you really don't know how to be on your own team. Mm-hmm. So how you do one thing is how you do everything. And it really starts yeah. with how you treat yourself. So if you don't love yourself... How can you love everything else? How can you love the world around you? How can you receive that love? Totally. Oh, yeah. All the love. That's, yeah, that's what it's about. For me, it's just like we all crave love. We all crave connection. We all want to experience that. And oftentimes we feel it's outside of us. Mm-hmm. We feel that we, it's, in the, uh, it's in the relationship or in the big trip or in the purchase. When in reality, when you can really learn how... And, and the deep knowing that it's within us already, we just have to sometimes lean back into it. Um, then that's like, that's the ultimate personal power. Yeah. 
I think that a lot of people miss that that is ultimately what the goal is of life is just a connection, being able to express an experience. And we look to relationships, we look to family, friends, other people, and other things, alcohol, uh, drugs, whatever it may be. And we don't look at it as we are bringing something to that. We look at it as we're taking something from that. So I think that approaching it from that angle by coming into it by realizing the power of self-love and learning yourself, loving yourself, you're able to bring everything to that and then be responsible for getting what it is that you need and want out of the interaction or out of whatever it is externally. Because the things outside of us are fun. Like we want to experience the pleasures of them, the joys that they bring. But the world around us just mirrors back at us what we are. So going into it in a loving, I love myself. So I'm going to go and bring that love into the interaction with this mood, that this uh, meal that I want to cook. So you cook that meal with love and then you share it with the world and everyone's happy and loving right back at you and talking about how great that meal was. So that's just one example. And then more practically in relationships, you know, I think that self-love is magnetic in a way that draws out the best in other people. So if you love yourself, so what if you're not attracting mates that carry the same values you think you want because what's going to happen is those people are going to I think come around you that maybe the people who aren't good for you are coming around to ultimately just teach you something but they're they're drawn to you because of that love that you have for yourself in a respectful way so it's like you can't really be taken advantage of or you kind of like you'll be able to spot the red flags all of that stuff comes to surface when you love yourself and you have these standards for yourself that other people have to meet in order to stay in your life totally and it's a strength like it's a strength that can be developed you know where especially in my work a lot of my work with women who have not allowed themselves to be strong in this area because they are looking to be completed by either a partner or you know something outside of themselves right and so it's the ultimate strength to have within yourself when you really can put on the lens of, I am enough. I have everything I need. It's already within me. And everything else, like you said, cooking the meal, the new partner, everything else is just an enhancement. So you're able to approach so much more of your life as a celebration. Even the hard stuff, like especially the hard stuff, that's been a lens I've been working on a lot. And like what I think this conversation is so important for is especially the contrast that shows up in our lives because it's not all rainbows and butterflies. It's not all easy, but how, how could the lens around the hard stuff, how can that even be a celebration? And that's like, that's the real mind ninja stuff that we get into because it's like, it's not easy, but it is um, a super powerful switch. Why do we have to unlearn that stuff? Because I feel like we come into it understanding that we don't know any different. And then we're taught you need more, you need something else, you're not enough. And then we get to a point where we have to learn that we, in fact, are enough. Like, why do you think that is? I just think it's it's programmed so deeply so early in our lives. You know, right from the moment we leave the womb, we are entering into a realm of fear and into a realm of where we have to rely on somebody to take care of us. And so, so early on, fear is kind of placed into our DNA. And then you go into your life experiences. Like everybody almost now, almost everybody has had trauma in their life, right? Like trauma that's really molded them and shaped them. So when we start to study the mind and our subconscious mind and what's programmed in there, those, those happenings, like that fear, it starts to tell a story. And so, and, and you go back to that story when you're in your now, right? So you're in situations now where you may have a lover that's attracted to you, or you may have a new job. If your story back here is you're not worthy, you are, you know, you have to have somebody to take care of you. You're not enough. 
you will always fall back into that place until you start rewriting the story back here. And it's not as hard as people think that it is. It's just having um, an awareness. But almost everybody I talk to can identify with the fact that we carry unnecessary pain and trauma with us into our moments. Yeah, I think a good example of that for me has been um, how I showed up in relationships throughout my life. I think that experiencing like my grandparents were divorced, my parents were not together, and a lot of the relationships around me were unsuccessful, I want to say. Like there were a lot of divorces, a lot of separations, a lot of cheating. And when I realized like this affected my ability to commit to a partner. So while I would seem all in and committed, part of me was just hesitant. Like I need to have a fail safe just in case we (laughs) break up. And I would kind of make my way into another relationship before I was all the way out of a previous relationship. And it took me years to finally realize, oh, there's a pattern here. Why is that? And then I sat down and I journaled for a while and just continued to ask why and drilled down into what was um, an old fear-based pattern of turning out the way that my family turned out, where it just appeared to be broken and I came to the conclusion that obviously none of that stuff had anything to do with me, of course, but it was just something that I saw and I rooted it down to um, a lie. We had a a psychotherapist on the podcast before. And one of the things that she said was to go back and then change the narrative. So the narrative wasn't, I need something more or I need something different. It was just a lack of awareness in the relationship, the people didn't do the self-work and go into it whole. They were looking to the other person to complete them. And there were instances where it would almost come off as lying. Well, that's what it was. It was just lying. It's like, I want something that you're not, but I don't want to tell you that. So I'm just going to kind of sneak off and get what it is that I want, come back and hope I don't get caught. So a lot of the trauma that I had has been rooted in deception, Um, lack of knowing what it is that they wanted in their relationships or who they were. So I've dedicated a lot of my own time, a lot of energy into being 110% certain of who I am, who I want to be, and doing my best to live to that code of integrity. And I decided from visiting those traumatic experiences that what I need to do is allow myself to be transparent in the relationship. There are going to be ups and downs. There's going to be ugly. There's going to be beautiful, um, which ultimately that's all it really is. It's just like beautiful expression. But there's going to be dark things. There's going to be things that are awesome. But I, I learned that transparency and openness have been really, really uh, useful to me in healing that trauma. And since addressing it, I would say that, yeah, it was hard. It was hard to like have these kinds of conversations with partners, having these conversations with my family too. Um, while I don't think anyone has to have these kinds of conversations, but I think that it helps because you allow the people around you to see not only what they're doing, but how it affected you. Like yeah. some conversations, these people, the people, my, my dad in particular, doesn't even remember things that I remember from childhood. So it's yeah. like, it's like, oh, I don't remember it that way. Like, no, this is exactly what happened. He's like, you remember that? You were only 10 years old. It's like, yes, I do. <laughs> yeah. So a lot wow. of us can be afraid of exploring that fear, exploring those patterns, exploring all of that. But there's so much value in doing it. Um, especially for your life now. And I feel more free as a result of being able to be transparent because, like we said earlier, how you do one thing is how you do everything. So if I can show up open and transparent uh, in my relationships around me, I can do that on the podcast. I can do that in my career. I can do that in whatever other things that I'll come across uh, in the future. So I just wanted to share that because I thought that that was a perfect example, especially with the timing of uh, yeah. that statement that revisiting your own trauma and patterns are they, they it can be beneficial and it will be beneficial to look at totally yeah like you said and then really honoring and being able to speak your truth and no matter i love what you said about the uncomfortable conversations you know so many of the people that i have conversations with and the people that i coach 
they have not allowed themselves that freedom to have those conversations because they're afraid they're going to get left. They're afraid that they're going to look stupid. They're afraid they're not valid. But what happens at a soul level when you, when you suppress all of that and when you suppress your truth, really, um, you, it just bottles up. And that's when you start getting the anxiety. That's when you start getting the, you know, the depression that you can't get rid of. Um, uh, eruption, you know, you just erupt because you're not honoring that side of you. Um, and that was me all the time. I was a people pleaser. So my big thing was I was, you know, I was a drunken one night stand, you know, with my mom and her high school lover. And it was like, so I carried around this thing of like, well, I was an accident. Like I wasn't wanted, like I didn't, my mom wasn't ready for me. So because of that, I went into everything looking to please people, not really speaking like, Hey, Hey, I don't like this. Hey, this isn't good for me. And I would quiet that voice within myself. And so many people are doing that right now because they don't want to shake the bucket. But if we could shake the bucket with love and with the intention of wanting to be able to understand someone else's lens, right? Because that's all conflict is, is like this person has this lens and you have this lens. You're just not, you're just not interpreting it through the same lens. Mm -hmm. And so when you can go into situations, like I really desire to understand your lens, here's my lens. (laughs) And then let's approach this conversation with, with, like you said, transparency and vulnerability and openness. Um, It's not easy, but it's, um, it's beautiful. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that chaos in there where there's conflict because from our angles, like we're facing each other, we could be looking down at the exact same thing. You can we we're looking at a number. You see a nine, I see a six. The only way to show the other person what we're looking at is to be able to change angles and be open minded enough to uh, empathize and put yourself in the other person's shoes as best you can. Mm, yeah. So. Yeah. It's good. I don't know if you noticed or not, but I've been recording the whole time. Oh, I figured you. I was like, I guess we're just doing this. I yeah, like it. That's how that's how we do. That's how we roll. Especially, cool. there have been so many situations where I've started the podcast and then, uh, or I haven't started. I was setting things up and we just have small talk and 20 minutes fly by and it's like, oh, we should have been recording all of that because that was so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you want to introduce yourself? I would love to. Um, I'm Danielle Bryan. I am a transformational speaker and coach. What I really focus on is radical self-love. So I'm very passionate about opening people up uh, to the magic that exists within them. Um, So a lot of it would say it's a very spiritual type of work that I do. Um, But all I really do is hold up a mirror of greatness for people. Um, Super passionate about this work and I've, you know, I've been in it for about five years now. I think you asked that question. Um, I started as a personal trainer, so started very much in the, in the physical realm of transforming our body, uh, because I needed to learn how to love myself in that place. I was like, you know, like most girls and I know guys too, like did not love, love my body. Um, didn't embrace it. I was very strong and muscular growing up. Like, I think I was born doing push-ups. My mom was a bodybuilder. And so, you know, we always don't embrace the, sometimes the most beautiful parts of ourselves. I did not love my strength. I hated my strength. Um, I had trauma from it. I had boys growing up that would call me Dan, the man. Um, they, boys would always ask me to arm wrestle them. So I didn't feel feminine. I didn't feel sexy. I didn't feel, um, you know, when we would play power Rangers on the playground, I always had to be either the witch or the yellow power ranger. I never got to be like the pretty pink power ranger that all the girls want to be. So I just had this like really skewed false lens around my body. Um, so that's really where my transformation and my journey into this work started, um, did a fitness competition in 2014, you know, oiled up, lubed up, weaved up, just like getting it, uh, and have great success with that. Got my pro card first time stepping on stage. That was enough for me. And then, um, yeah. And then left and got super committed to helping women create a language, uh, and a lens 
of love towards their body without comparison, without judgment, without the scale, without diets, just a real holistic approach at um, the physical body first. How do you get someone to stop comparing themselves to other people? I don't know that it will ever fully be stopped like anything. Um, but first of all is the awareness that you're doing it. And, the, and second of all is being able to open up about what it does for you. Um, and a lot of women that starts with their body, right? You're, you're looking at all these girls and social media. I, for me, it was the women in the JC Penney catalogs. When I was growing up, that's how we shopped, right? You didn't have the, um, internet and stuff. So, you make yourself sound uh, so old. <laughs> yeah. We didn't have the internet or the Instagram it's where you crazy, can scroll. Right? It's just, but it's cool to, to know the contrast. But now I think of little girls that are growing up looking at what they have to look up. And I'm like, holy crap. I mean, that's why I do the work that I do. But to answer your question, like, first of all, it's just the awareness that you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And second of all, is just being really honest with yourself on if it serves you. Um, and, and if you want to stay in that pattern, if you do, then you're going to keep getting the same result. You're going to keep holding yourself back. You're going to keep not loving your body. And then the third thing is creating ha- new habits, you know, new habits. Maybe you stop following those people. Maybe you, I teach little, um, like triggers. So you start going down the rabbit hole on someone's Instagram feed and then you notice that you're doing it. And then your trigger is just, you take a huge deep breath and then you just get off the page. You get off your phone. You go be present. You go, you know, do you, mm-hmm. right? So it's almost like something that just snaps you out of it when you are able to do something that brings you back to the present moment. Because while you're scrolling down Instagram, looking at someone you wish you looked like or had what they have, you're in this rabbit hole of when will I be able to get that? I'll never be able to get that. So your mind is more in the future rather than right now. So that a deep inhale, exhale is designed to bring you back in the present moment. Is that right? That's right. But actually the little catch is your mind is actually in the past when you're doing that. Your mind is not in the future. You're attaching what your result from the past and attaching lack to it. You're attaching your not enoughness to what you see in these people. When in fact, all of that back there doesn't matter. And so you could be looking at those. So the lens that I really try and teach people, the rewriting the story would be, I can't wait till my life looks like that. I can't wait till I feel that confident in my body. I can't wait to have that much money so I can go on that trip. You could easily be saying that in your mind, but you're not because you're stuck in the past. The future is not even here yet. So you haven't even created it yet. You will be creating it if you're hanging on to all the unworthiness that you carry around, if that's your dialogue. Does that make sense? It's like a teeny little thing. Yeah, it does make sense. So we get out of that just by just drawing ourselves away from it, like just recognizing what is bringing us to those thoughts and just removing ourselves from them. Because it's just that easy as getting off of a page. And then when we do that, are we going off and doing something else? Are we... Uh, taking a moment to be with ourselves? Are we eliminating uh, any interactions with social media or what? What are we doing next after we become aware, take a deep breath, and stop looking at that person's page? Mm -hmm. So I'm always like, when I work with people, we get really clear on what makes you feel beautiful or sexy or empowered. Maybe it's, to me, I love Abraham Hicks videos. I love her teachings. Um, or I go out in nature. And so if we get really clear on what makes you feel connected, uh, then then that's your go-to for that. And that's all part of self-exploration, right? Is So maybe it is getting off the page and going and dancing in the kitchen in your underwear. Like getting outside of what is comfortable to you because that's the only way you can change and shift. And like I said, it's, it's, it's not easy. Um, but like you said, it's... And kind of my mantra for next year is it's incredible how quickly things will happen and change once you decide. But the, but that step, like the actual decision, sometimes we sit back and we're like, well, I don't want to be comparing myself, but then you go right back into it. So you haven't made a strong enough decision. You haven't actually decided. Right. And so when you say, you know, 
this is not serving me. Like, I want to go here. I want to be here. I want to feel this way. And I know that X, Y, Z is holding me back. So that awareness of that is so profound in people's lives right now. Because like you said, we're in a time where we are inundated with uh, um, temptation and distraction that pulls us away from who we are, from ourselves, from our own magic. Um, So anything I coach on or teach on is like directing it back in to to the self, to the soul. Yeah. You said something I haven't heard before, self-exploration. I'm going to assume that that means exploring the self. Yeah. (laughs) But so what does that look like? Is that just doing things that you want to do and deciding if you like them? Like, are we taking actions and doing things for ourselves? What's what is self-exploration in more detail? Yeah. So for me and kind of the best way I like to talk about it is, It is your true detachment from anything outside of yourself for gratification, for happiness, for clarity, for peace. And this is where the the spiritual piece of what I teach comes from. Um, Because so often we attach ourself to our family, um, our job, our role as a parent or as a partner. Um, And in reality, that's not really your self that is part of your human experience but when we really start to look at the self we are able to to shine a light on our upbringing like you said you have crazy stuff go on in your childhood so did i you know and at these experiences in our life we're able to to look at those things with from a place of non-attachment and not it doesn't define who we are um that's why the practice of meditation is so powerful is because you're able to separate thought from emotion, from trauma, from false reality that you're just telling yourself from the subconscious mind. Um, and that's when you get to your true self. So the true self is like where your magic lives. It's where, when you light up, when you just light up and, and for most people that exists in connection. That exists in me and you, like, right now. Like, we're just smiling. Like, we're geeking out. Like, loving what each other's saying. Like, we did that from the moment we talked. Started talking. Because I'm I'm here as me. You know, you're here as you. Like, you, and I see you. And I know that you see me. And that's a, that's a soul-to-soul thing, right? There's no attachment to it. And when you can start creating connection in your life with others like that, then you will always know your magic. Like it's so incredible. It's such a cool thing, but the self exploration is that and knowing that you have some shit, you know, you have some shit that you need to really like wade through and work through and identify and decide if you want to carry that with you and let it define you. Um, and no one, no one can do it for you. Um, but, but you, you know, you got to decide. Yeah. So you got into coaching this how long ago? Five years? Five years. Um, I started my one-on-one coaching and my group coaching just this year. So I was doing more of like a large platform for women. Um, And I really wanted to, I think we went, we helped probably over 2,500 women in the, in the duration of our existence as the empowerment platform. So I wanted to see where the similarities for women were in their journey of self-love. Like, what is it that holds us back? Like, what is it that we're doing to ourselves that makes us gain all this weight or stop taking care of ourselves or feel unworthy? So I feel like the first four years of this journey was me, me growing. And then, um, just listening a lot to what these women had to say, man, like it's crazy. Um, so yeah, now I've been doing the coaching, coaching for a year. Okay. How'd you find yourself in this position? Did you uh, have to navigate and figure out a lot of the self-exploration on your own, or did you have a coach yourself? I have been, I've had coaches for two years now, and so, and I always will have a coach. (laughs) I will never not have a coach, um, because I always tell the difference is like a counselor, like counseling is good if you really want to kind of dig in in your past and like get some language around that. And then coaching is all about forward motion, all about what you're going to do moving forward. 
um, and just having someone to like bounce off stuff as it comes up. So it makes that, that goal setting, that creation so much more tangible. I would say, you know, the growth I've seen in my life is just freaking exponential, but I had my own shit to get over, right? Like I had um, money programming stuff. I didn't think I was worthy of being a wealthy woman, um, because of my own life experience. And, but once I could realize like, Oh crap, like I was burned by these people who had a lot of money, but were morally inept, (laughs) like they burned me, but then I got to, I got to write a new story. So when I realized that all people need is someone to help them flip those switches as they're moving forward, then you can create whatever result you really want. Like, but you know, to your question, I had to work on myself so hardcore Yeah, (laughs) and I still do. (laughs) Where was your self-awareness at that, or I'm sorry, what was your deep breath that brought you into away from, uh, when you were having those moments, those triggers, um, where you had to recognize and go deep and look at those patterns. What was your, (sighs) that took you away from that? Knowing that I had already felt deep, deep inspiration in my life and that I wasn't, that if I was super hard on myself, I was very far from it and that all I needed to do was, was look back towards inspiration and get myself there. So my deep breath was like patterning in this response within myself. And that's why I said like meditation and breath work is so important um, in my life and in the life of people I work with, because it's like that reset button. I always say we have the power to change our state. And that is the key when you want to get yourself out of a pattern is to change your state of being um, and, and wipe it clean. You know, in Tai Chi, they do this, like one of the moves is like, wiping the table like you just gotta wipe the table like or just like wipe the table off of of that stuff that's not serving you um and the foundation of all of it and you've probably seen this in my videos is what i say is like you are magic like you are so freaking magical man like and i know i am and i've had enough people hold that mirror of greatness up for me that i knew that anything that wasn't that was just fear it was just a BS piece of fear that I needed to just get away from in that moment. Yeah. I like that you call it magic because it, it I'm, I'm immediately getting this picture of like stars or something and that being inside of us and what we're made of. And there's a song uh, by Childish Gambino called No Exit. And he says, man is a star bound to a body. And I, yeah. that always resonates with me because it's like, man, we are so much more than we think we are. We think we're uh, like a, a combination of just flesh and bone yeah. and intestines. But in reality, there's so much more to us. And even from the spiritual perspective, it's like we have to go through our life experiences and become equipped with the tools that we need in order to go back and face all of that shit and be able to conquer it so that we can have the recognition, we, we, the recognition that we are in fact magic. We are stars. And then unfortunately, like the longer, I think that the more experiences we have away from the realization that we are in fact magic or a star bound to a body, the further the path is going back. But the further away you go, like the more shit you have to combat going backwards and facing all those demons that you have. And then when you can slay the uh, metaphorical dragon <laughs> that you've created, you get that star and it's like, man, I'm about to walk back forward over this dragon's corpse and just live my life with the understanding that I am so much more than just this what this body has to offer. And so much more than what everyone else who looks at me this way has to offer. And then once you just begin to go on the journey of reclaiming it, you're going to see, you're going to have allies, you're going to have enemies, you're going to have people that you just need to be able to walk away from. People who are going to just support you on your journey. And then you start to find yourself drawing in and becoming more magnetic to 
the other people who are on their own journey. It's like, hey, man, what you doing? Oh, you know, I'm just on this journey. I just slayed this dragon over there and got my start yeah. in this. Oh, you too? Like, let's let's be friends. Let's talk. Like, yeah. let's share. Let's exchange energy because that's what this really is when you come to a place of recognizing that all we want is connection. You just want that, that energy exchange. Like, that becomes the most important uh, like the greatest pleasure and joy out of life is just having quality energy exchanges and then being able to just help other people get to that point. Totally. Yeah. That's what Abraham Hicks says. Like we are here to co-create together. You know, we are here to do this journey together. And to me, I see us going to a place where, you know, like it's not about where you're from. It's not about where your family's from. It's not about how big you are, what color you are, where you've been. Like that's the world that I'm a part of creating that we are like one human that has the exact same star magic inside of us. Like I had an incredible experience on the way to the airport last week, man, like in an Uber and you know, I'll chat up anybody, but did an Uber share and there's two guys from, Korea that come in and they barely speak any English and then our driver he's um, from Pakistan and we just start chatting and like the four of us who are so different looking are able to smile and hold space for each other and ask about each other's lives and ask like these really cool questions to each other and that moment that 12 minutes of connection and then we were able to shake hands like as we left to me like that is what life is about but we get so, um, so fixated on the idea of separateness, that we're separate, when in reality, we're all part of the same, um, same connected energy, which is consciousness, which is God, which is the universe, the bag of rocks in the sky, whatever you want to call it. When you can really be with that and start having those type of experiences, like your ability to connect is so profound and people are our connectors. You know, people are the ones that open the doors for us that introduce us to, to the person. Like, and we have to be able to trust each other now. Like if I had one message, like we have to be able to, to love each other and trust each other and be strong enough in ourselves to where if something bad does go wrong, like just knowing that that's a reflection of their own pain and then moving on, like you said, then uh, I think we're going to keep making this world a more connected place. Yeah. Um, yeah. I saw something that helped me put this into better words. I'm really big on cartoons. I've watched a lot of cartoons, Adventure Time, regular show. I've even watched South Park. <laughs> um, but most of the cartoons that I've watched and do still watch today have a lot of reality to them. And I view all art forms as expressions of reality so these animations are talking about some real deep shit and it's amazing to see so i saw um i haven't watched it i watched a few episodes of steven universe when it first came out and then for whatever reason i, I don't think i got cable anymore so i ended up not watching it but it's a cartoon where ultimately what we're talking about right now the sameness in everyone is like where it's going. It's all about connection. It's about um, your your being a unique expression of oneness. Like there's one space we came from. So imagine that there's just like this one big ass gas and each of us is in fact a star bound to a body. Like we're all a, a, a fragment of dust from that space where we came from and when we're able to recognize that in one another and just see each other for that then we can respect the fact that we've all we're all unique expressions of that with our own experiences that have shaped us to be who we are in that moment but we got to be able to still see like the 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 foundation of that which is that we are in fact the same we breathe the same air and we all shed these bodies at some point and we die and go back to whatever that place is yeah. and I think we, like you said, we do lose sight of that. Like all of this, we, we want to be individuals and that's cool um, because we should be uniquely expressing ourselves. Um, of course, to an extent where it's not like breaking the law or intruding on somebody else's ability to express themselves. So 
I just thought that that was interesting, and I wanted to slide that in there before moving on and asking you about um, just some of the challenges that you may have had to face before getting to this point. For me, like it's, it was really getting over uh, my worthiness uh, and finding worth. Um, I was in my in my past in my early career. I worked with uh, race horses, so I was in the horse racing world. I know, really random, right? I was a total cowgirl, like raised in the Midwest, Indiana. Um, I. Uh, I was the rainbow sheep of my family, you know, everybody kind of stayed in Indiana and I just had this soul that craved to, to go explore and to be, and I wanted to travel and I wanted to see the world and anything you do that's outside of the norm and of your comfort has its challenges. So whether it was like having to sleep on friends' couches or, uh, you know, not having enough money to go home for the holidays or, uh, attracting a lot of damaged partners. <laughs> uh, I track attracted a lot of, um, partnerships into my life in my early twenties where, you know, I really wanted to try to fix someone. And I also wanted to feel a void within myself. Um, so it was really challenging. Um, I was with several unfaithful partners, you know, I was with, and then they were, they were unfaithful to me with the type of women, woman that I was really trying to encourage my women that they didn't have to be like, right. The, so I had this phase in my life where I was modifying everything about myself. I, I, you know, I had the extensions, I dyed everything, I painted everything. You know, I took the diet pills cause I thought I needed to change myself to be loved. And that is the biggest freaking lie that women are living today. I could go on about this, man. Like I have 30 year old friends that are getting Botox right now. And to me, in order for women to step into their divine femininity, we have got to stop changing ourselves. We have got to stop like feeling like we won't be worthy until our body changes or we have that new nail color, that freaking like thing that has nothing to do with your magic. Right. And so that was a hard thing for me, like stepping out as a fitness model who wanted to tell women, like, just be your natural self, like, and showing up with no makeup on these videos. I show up with no makeup, man, like, because I'm not trying to say like makeup is bad, but what I'm trying to say is the energy behind makeup and all the nails and all the tanning and everything. I don't know that it's exactly great. (laughs) I think that, you know, women are so beautiful. And when I stopped changing myself, I learned uh, how beautiful I really am, Mm -hmm. you know, like, and how just naturally, how naturally beautiful I am. And I help several women go from that place where they feel like they have to change themselves to, you know, just loving their natural essence. Like that's the goddess vibe that we're going for here. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I like that. And I appreciate makeup and all it does, but I do, I viewed it for a while and I didn't think about this until retrospect or um, hindsight that a lot of the previous partners that I had, like the makeup was masking something. (laughs) It was just one more way to, cover up or put on some sort of an armor uh, to prevent you from really getting to see or know that real person. So, like, I appreciate makeup. I love it um, when appropriate, I guess, or when when she loves it or whoever's wearing the makeup is wearing the makeup for whatever purpose they have to wear the makeup. But when they don't rely on it, when they feel like they when they don't feel like they need it, they just want to do it, then I think that there's a completely different energy behind it at that point as well. So to be able to just allow yourself to be free and vulnerable and not like it's almost like a a crutch when it's used as a crutch, that's different. But I know plenty of people, uh, women who love to just put on makeup because they just enjoy putting on makeup. And then I know plenty of people who don't like to wear makeup, but when they do, it's like, wow, you did a really good job. Like you, you, you look happy. Like you're, you're, it's exciting that you did that. And it just, it looks good and it's something that can be appreciated. But I just wanted to throw that in there that it has come off to me in the past. Like, you know, what are you hiding? And I find that a lot more of the more free 
feminine energies. I don't want to just say women, but um, I want to be as inclusive as I can here. But there's a, a, a stronger power, like a more powerful presence in someone who still is able to show up without having to have any additional uh, armor on themselves. Yeah, and it can all be seen as art, too. Like, I agree that there are people that use the armor as art, right? And, the, and Or the makeup as an expression of art. And like I said about love, as an enhancement mm-hmm. versus as something that's filling a void, right? Like, there's the, there's the difference, right? If, if that is your enhancement to your experience beautiful right like go for it but we have to make sure it's not like filling some piece within you where you feel like you're inadequate without it because that's the bullshit like that's the bullshit that we've been sold Mm -hmm. uh, uh, from a very young age as men and women you know where you look at celebrities who have just these faces sometimes that aren't real and it's like is that what we have to be to like get attention and love and success and fame to me, this is a time where we're proving that wrong. This is such a cool time to be speaking your truth and living your truth and embracing who you are naturally. Because um, I think it's really going to start to attract people that resonate with this. So for me, I think after doing all this work and having so many conversations, it is really such a good time to be finding your tribe finding people that you align with and finding the people that are sharing these dark parts of ourselves. Like it's not comfortable for me to come on here and talk about how I was cheated on, how it was a one night stand mistake. But these are all things that I've, I've had uh, spent time with. I've hung out with, with my darkness and in order for there to be more light in this world, which we all know that that's what's needed. We don't need any more division. We don't need any more people like causing problems. What we need is more love, more connection, more light. We have to be able to shine the light on our own darkness. Uh, and now's the time. Like now's a super good time to do it. <laughs> yeah. What uh, darkness have you leaned upon? So, I mean, is this is this the time? <laughs> Do you want a drum roll? <laughs> it's yours. Yeah. Um, so I guess, I mean, the biggest thing definitely in the past, I guess it's been four years, is my journey of receiving the news that, you know, I was HSV positive and being somebody that really honored intimacy and having received that news from a partner who was like chronically cheating on me. It was like the ultimate test of how do I even begin to love myself after this? Like, how do I even go forward in my life? Like, motivating women, you know, but having this like dark cloud over my head. And for so long, I let it be just that. I let it be like this, this ball and chain that I drug around with me um, and there's so much stigma around it. And I know you have a lot of conversations with um, people that are HSV positive and it's such a common thing now, but not enough people are feeling comfortable talking about it. So I haven't even been, I mean, this is the first time I've ever even said it on any video on anything that, you know, my clients can listen to, even though, you know, a lot of them know and a lot of people know, but not enough people know, but if I can be someone that can have that thrown against me, especially when it was given to me from, you know, a cheating partner who had all these women that he was cheating on me with and they didn't know about me and they came out of the woodwork and reached out to me. And it was just like, I really had to get clear on who I am and who I want to be as a woman. And so I would say like the past four years, you know, that's why I've been so committed to understanding my own magic and realizing that news like that, things like that, where, you know, this is never, I mean, this is a lifetime thing, but it, it doesn't define me. Like, just like, you know, just like getting a D in physics in college doesn't define me. Like, it's just one thing that is a part of my path that is a part of something that I get to communicate to people about and 
to me, it's like a really good time for us to find resilience around this, but I know it's not easy. Yeah. And is this one of the more challenging things that you've had to deal with? Yeah, the, the most challenging. So I'm glad we're here to it. So it is the most challenging. I mean, because it changes the conversations you have to have. Like anytime for me, like I, all I have to be in integrity. So anytime I desire intimacy with someone, like if I'm not in a partnership, like they have to know and to be able to have open, vulnerable conversation, like that takes, we talked about this earlier, only not around this topic. Uh, it's, it takes a level of awareness of yourself that, that, um, is accessible to anyone, but you have to be committed to, to going there. So totally the most challenging thing for me, because it, it really hits the worthiness button. Like, am I worthy of love now that I have this thing that is going to be with me forever? Um, but and my biggest thing was like learning, uh, how to manage it and the facts and like the facts are, if you take care of your body and if you eat right and if you keep your stress low, it is very likely that you won't even know it's there. Yeah. And, you know, that was the biggest thing is you think it's going to be this like blown out. Like, and I think in like sex ed, they show you like the worst pictures that could ever be. When in reality, I just tell like girl, like, cause I'm coaching some women around this right now. Um, and I just tell them like, and in reality, it's just like getting getting a pimple on your hoo-ha, man. Like, it's not that bad. It's like pimples go away. That's going to go away. And it's to me, it's my um, reminder to pause and take care of myself. Like, take a bath, you know. Take a – go relax. Go get some acupuncture, girl. Like, uh, so it doesn't have to be spun into the dark. And that's what I've learned. Mm-hmm. And for you, you – the challenges that came with herpes. So right now we're on how it made you change some things. Can you talk about like some of the ups and downs of being HSV positive and how you had to navigate maybe expressing a desire for intimacy with partners or how it may have played out in another way, like with your decision making or anything like that? Mm-hmm. Um. So the, the initial thing is like getting over the worthiness and realizing that you're going to have to, I really had to work on my self-talk and, and, the, and the thoughts that I would let myself go down. And that's in anything, but especially I think for HSV positive people, it can be really easy to let it define us in a way that's not um, self-serving. So I really had to deal with that. Um, I really had to deal with, being afraid to tell people, being afraid to tell my family uh, that I wanted them to know because, like, closing off about it isn't, you know, isn't the best either. I think we can snowball things bigger than what they really need to be. And then the education piece is so important. Like, so many people don't know. You can just bump yourself up on lysine. Like, when you're not feeling well, just, like, take a bunch of lysine and, like, keep yourself in check. Like, keep yourself healthy. And that was my biggest thing since I was healthy anyways. Like, really taking care of myself. Um, Making it so that that was just an even bigger reason why I knew I needed to take care of myself now. And then with intimacy, it's just... Now I won't, you know, I'll make sure there's a re- there's a connection there um, because I see it. I see intimacy now, especially as like you're you're exchanging a really big piece of your energy with someone. And yeah, it can be fun and it can be great, but especially for women, we have a a lot of women I've talked to have a really hard time detaching the emotional piece. Um, and so, and that's me. Like I, I you know. I like to have like an intimate time. And so I was just like, well, I'm just never going to be intimate again. Like, I don't want to go through it. It's too hard. Like I'm not going to even have the conversation. So I was like for months and months and months, wouldn't even like look at a guy, like just like, Nope, not going there. Um, because it was just too hard, too tough to, but now it's almost like it's an affirmation of that person's character and it's almost like a test of their character on how they handle it like and 
also being respectful. Like I've never had anyone and not, not that it's been several, several occasions. Like I can count them on one hand, but it's like, I've never had anyone be like, nah, girl, that's gross. Like, no, thank you. It's like, actually like it's, it's, it's way more um, beautiful of an experience for yourself and for that person that you respect them enough to tell them now, than waiting and having that on your chest. Yeah, you know? I agree. And it's it can be challenging to have to have that conversation, but um, I wanted to lead into this point of how more for you it is having herpes now and having to be the leader of that conversation. And this sets us up for negotiations, for topics, uh, for discussing consent and being able to make a conscious, aware decision on who you're about to allow yourself to have this energetic exchange with on a physical level. So where before someone may not have known their HSV status would just assume the other person doesn't have an SCI, uh, we now have to ask. We now have to put it out there. It's like, hey, I have HSV, here's what it is, this is what it means for me, this is what it could mean for you, here are the precautions that we need to take, do you want to move forward? And then that just sets it up for a much more vulnerable uh, and, and authentic exchange with someone when you don't have to think in the back of your mind, okay, I got to keep from giving this person herpes or in connecting or even in just like the courting stages where you're getting to know someone, you're always going to be a little bit reserved depending on how you feel about it. So when you're at a place where you're able to own it and you feel strong in who you are and you recognize that, oh, herpes is just a small part of me, then you can accept the fact that this person may be more accepting of their current health status and not want to put themselves at risk for contracting it um, or and be okay with them just not being okay with it. So when you are at a place of, when you're at that place, it's almost like you're allowing for, you know, you're, you're attracting your tribe, the people uh, who are for you then you find yourself in more contact with people who are going to just ask questions or may even have herpes as well or just may not care because it's more about who you are, who you show up as than it is what's the likelihood of me having a, what'd you call it, a, a, a pimple? What kind of pimple? A pimple on your hoo-ha. A pimple <laughs> on your hoo-ha. <laughs> so on your hoo-ha, yeah. I just, I just wanted to be sure to add that because it's it's powerful. It's something now, it's one of those things that we've been given as a result of our life experiences that can help us move forward. And uh, it's it's a very good testing mechanism to see just how serious a person is or who they really are. Because when you go that vulnerable and open up to someone, they're either going to do it back or they're going to be repulsed by it to an extent. And then at that point, it's like, okay, well, that was an easy way of either drawing you in closer or weeding you out. Yeah, it's so true and so important now. Like, it's okay that it's okay that not everybody's gonna understand, and it's okay if we don't understand it at first. The main thing is just knowing and reminding myself at first. Now it's way better, but that it doesn't make me less worthy of love. It doesn't make me less worthy of connection and uh, affection and intimacy because for a while I think people will carry that with them and so I guess that would be like my big message for this conversation is you know it makes you no less worthy of any of those things it just means that the people that are gonna meet you in that place are gonna be really good kind people to you and you need to be filtering that out anyways like you said like it's just to see it as a filter but the worthiness never went away. You know, it, it, it almost almost gets enhanced because of, like anybody who receives any sort of life experience that can be very crippling at first, you know, it, it makes you soft. Like, it makes you ready to share that piece. And that's why I'm so glad that we could have this conversation because – I think so many people in my circle see see who I am and see my strength and see my light 
But what they don't realize is like this was such a dark piece for me and such a big thing that I let define me. And the more I can help others not let it define them in this in that way, whether it's through this conversation, through any conversation, it's like that's what we need. We need you. We need me. We need everybody listening to this, remembering that you are magic first. First and foremost, always, and that this is just another thing that's going to teach you exactly how how you want to feel and how you want to live your life and how you want to attract love. And we all can do it. We're that's what we're here to do. That's <laughs> what we're literally here to do. So yeah, it's it's no no game loss, no life loss, no anything loss. It's just um, just another ch- check, you know check mark speed bump and then forward forward we go man like forward <laughs> yeah i so appreciate us having this conversation um I, I love how it went i think that you revealing the hsv at the end <laughs> just goes to show like for anyone who is new to the show um i used to start it out with how old are you who are you where you are um what do you do for a living? Just to paint a picture of what someone with HSV looked like. But I've recently sort of shifted the structure of the show to exactly what just happened here. Like we just talked, we talked about some challenges. We talked about who you are in the world, who you're helping, how you're helping people. And Oh, by the way, I just so happen to have herpes. So I, I want to show people what we are doing as people who have herpes so that we can further inspire someone who may be newly diagnosed to see, oh, I can live a normal life. And then you get all of these stories of adversity and perseverance and all of them are interchangeable with or without herpes. Like you can still have your life experience without an STI diagnosis, a positive STI diagnosis and respond to it accordingly. And all of the stuff that we talk about in these episodes are things that have little nuggets that can be removed from them and applied to someone else's own life. So I, I, I treat these episodes as coaching points, like places where you can find something that's going to help you get to the next level. And these, and I'm hoping you'll allow for people to be able to get in contact with you, right? If not, yeah. I'll just have to edit that out. <laughs> yeah, no, okay. yeah, reach out, connect with me, uh, let me know how I can support you uh, in any way. Like like I said, all I do is hold up a mirror of greatness for people, greatness and love. And if you are seeking that, then let's, you know, let's talk because, um, okay, like I said, this is what we're here to do is to feel and, and live our magic. And, um, yeah, this is, this is a beautiful chapter. So thank you for allowing me to share. And I was like, we we went there so it's done and it's out and it feels so good because um yeah i love i just love what you're doing courtney so thank you thank you um how can people get in contact with you so daniellebryan.com there's a youtube channel with some great meditations you can take a look at um contact me via email and i'm now daniellebryanxo on instagram uh and yeah, would love to connect in any way. Do retreats all 2019. We're going to five different locations, uh, speaking all over, and just spreading the love. Spreading the love. That's oh, what yeah. we're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Brian is spelled with a Y, B-R-Y-A-N. So it's just yep. Danielle, like normal, and then B-R-Y-A-N. That's it. Do you have a favorite quote off the top of your head you want to leave us with? Mine always was, we must be the change we wish to see in the world. You know who said that? Gandhi. Oh, shit. I feel like I should have known that. (laughs) Yeah, we must be the change we wish to see in the world. Uh, I love it. All right, this concludes this episode of Something Positive for Positive People. Please like, rate, share, review, subscribe to this podcast. And if you don't feel comfortable following any of the social media platforms, uh, I'm at H on my chest on Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, and Reddit. I'm most active on Instagram, though. Um, if you don't feel comfortable following any of those, and you can just follow the hashtags uh, SPFPP, 
for something positive for positive people or the hashtag something positive for positive people. So um, I'll do my best to keep things as safe as possible for people who may not be at a place where they're okay with people making a guess at them listening to this podcast um, because they're scared of people finding out about their diagnosis. But I want this to be a safe space for people to explore and get information that they need that can help them through navigating um, a new diagnosis. So I'm going to continue to provide as much of this as humanly possible until people stop interviewing me or until herpes is destigmatized and there's no need for what I'm doing here. So everything that you guys are doing as far as sharing the podcast and helping it grow, um, it's really helpful. The more people who realize they know someone who has herpes, the faster this can be destigmatized and I can move on and (laughs) take what I've learned from doing this podcast and some other things that are very important and prevalent to society right now. So till next time, stay positive.